0: You ready let's do this welcome to the professor g podcast featuring dr u now here's professor g and dr u what's up everyone's professor g dr u and we're here today to talk about and prepare students for this fall semester, but we got to we gotta share something. We've been chatting a little bit about, you know, what's happening in the world and, and really want to take some moments to acknowledge some of the trauma that our, our youth have experienced here. And not only our youth, everyone. Right, right. I think when we think about starting
1: college, how college uh, is going to begin for people, oftentimes we as professionals reflect, well, when I was in college, this is what I did when I was in college, this is what I thought about. And I think for For me, as a professor now, a lot of that has to be suspended because of such an interesting time that our students are entering school in, in particular, like the world
0: changing events like COVID. Yeah, let's be honest, man. You know, you know, we're now in August of 2023, but something critical happened March 2020, right? The, the, about three years ago, the world stopped. Right. Not, not only did
1: the world stopped, but so did schools. And not only did schools stop, but they shut down for a minimum, almost two years, one and a half years, depending where you were at. But places that where I lived at the time, schools were shut down for almost two whole years. That means kids who were freshmen went to school and about time their sophomore year or in the middle of their so- uh, freshman
0: year, the school shut down for almost two years. Right. And and, I mean, imagine what that did everybody. Right. I mean, I know when I was, you know, I'm thinking back March 2020. It wasn't that long ago where I was going to work one day and then all of a sudden they call me and say, don't come to work. And this and my kids, I got three kids and they were all in school. And all of a sudden they can't go to school. And it was it was it was a trip. It was literally a trip, man. I was like, what the hell is going on? Right. Not only the trip, but it was an event that I
1: as an educator, as a parent was not prepared for it. I know. I know for a fact I'm not the only person, parent, professor who was not prepared for those events. And so for
0: everyone, I think we have to acknowledge that things changed. That's right. And so, uh, you know, looking back, I remember, you know, one of my uh, brother in laws, you know, he was at. You see Santa Cruz having the time of his life when it all came crumbling down and he had to move back home. And, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just at the university. I was studying my butt off and partying, having a blast. And now I'm stuck at home for two years.
1: Right, right, right. So I think first and foremost, I, I would like to acknowledge that a lot of the students that I've currently worked with had to navigate that. Some of it, you know, their freshman year, sophomore year of high school or last two years of high school or even their first. First year of college, I've met students who, you know, started a freshman at one school and then now they're back home or had to go back home. And that completely changed their trajectory of of what they were doing. So
0: not only did the students change, but I think the
1: schools changed as well.
0: Uh, Let's be honest. No one was ready to go online. No one. I don't care what schools say. (laughs) I was there Mm -hmm. in counseling. Trust me, when I, I was counseling, they had never really ever done online counseling. Not one time. You know, even counseling and where I come from at my institution, counselors couldn't even teach online classes before 2020. And all of a sudden, all of our classes are online. And it was a true shock and trauma to the system of professionals, but not, like we said, not only professionals, kids, other adults, students in general. I mean, the world, right? It was a trauma and a shock to all of us. And colleges are still going through those changes and are still suffering from the trauma of 2020 that COVID brought. Right, right. I, I know for me, um, I always had a
1: little bit of online elements to my classes, but again, this was the middle of a semester. It was all of a sudden everything and everything and the uncertainty that came from it of not knowing what the following semester would be and how we would deliver, where we going to be online, in person, da, 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 da. So I, I think first and foremost, um, when I think about where students are at and kind of having this conversation of college, I think it's important to acknowledge that everything changed. And what I knew as a student, as a professional, is kind of out the window.
0: And I think right now is a time of figuring it out together. And, you know, on top of that, it's not just things change. We lost a lot of good people. Right. You know, and, and my heart goes out to those families who, uh, prior to, you know, the vaccination and prior to really understanding the disease, the global pandemic that was happening, you know, I lost a really good friend from Sacramento city college, Right. you know, and it breaks my heart because he was my go-to guy, you know, for helping students secure financial aid. And, you know, he was one of those, you know, guys that just, we loved, right. And that students knew and loved and, you know, you know, Ruben, I know you're listening. So, uh. You know, we still think about you on a daily basis and uh, we fight that same fight you used to fight. And so, you know, if you lost, you know, some of our students lost family members, right? Lost parents, right? Aunts and uncles, you know, there was children. There was just so much death mm-hmm. that, you know, we never really have acknowledged the trauma of some of our kids and some of our students that we work with, whether they're adults or young people. The death that and the loss mm-hmm. of of, the pan, of what the pandemic caused in in their lives, you know, and so we still carry that. And we acknowledge that, you know, a lot of our staff or a lot of our staff and students carry that as well.
1: Right. And on top of that, there were, there was also a large political change in the country, right? These are the same students uh, and youth and professionals who witnessed the murder of George Floyd back yeah. in May 25th. And, the you know, for a lot of communities, unfortunately, this is not something new. But it, this definitely was a straw uh, that broke the, camel ba- the camel's back this time and, and the amount of unrest that came from that. And that unrest also trickled its way onto college campuses, too. It wasn't, it's not like college campuses operate
0: in a vacuum. That's right. That's right. And that all happened, you know, just a couple months after COVID. Right. You know, so not only are we suffering through the trauma of a global pandemic, now we have the murder of George Floyd, you know, recorded, recorded. Right. Where, you know, you know, and I hate to say it, you know, for, you know, my black and brown community, it's no surprise. Right. But it was quite a surprise to a lot of other cultures and a lot of other people who who never saw those kinds of behaviors from our law enforcement officials. Right. And, and it was uh, it was quite traumatic you know, another piece of trauma that the world has to deal with of the violence, you know, that, you know, those, those few bad apples in law enforcement, you know, enforce, you know, on people of color. And, and it was, it, it was, it was, it was hard to watch those eight minutes of just a man suffering under the knees of, of, a, of a system that in where I come from, you know, and, 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 uh, I often share this with people is, is where I come from, you know, when I was growing up, you know, and you can Google this, you know, King city police scandal. 30 years of active discrimination by the law enforcement officials of king city california against the mexican immigrant community right and my father and my family were victims of that as well and and uh you know again no surprise because we would feel it and see it throughout our lives but it was a surprise to quite a bit of the country when that incident happened
1: right and, and it also led to colleges having to face their own issues uh, around race and racism and and and, and their hiring practices. So you have all these pressures occurring at once. You have all of a sudden, you know, the, the inequalities built into our college really highlighted by COVID and, and really pointing out the differences of student experiences. On top of that, uh, there's a larger racial awakening around the country that also trickles its way to the college campus to highlight some of the historical legacies that they've engaged in of excluding particular communities. And then on top of this, you have the, this general uneasiness about our economy and political system, you know, and I remember uh, before class watching this whole thing play out as the, the January 6th attack, right? You have <laughs> these, this, you know, this, but again... An uprising. An uprising of... of, of People who lost an election, uh, who who firmly believed that it was their, you know, that they were gonna start this next civil war, et cetera, et cetera. But you see this play out over and all in like a short amount of time. And so I think for me as a professor, when I think about how do we get ready, I think the first thing is acknowledging all the change that our students have gone through in such a short period of time. Right. If you were a, you know, sophomore in twenty twenty one, right? You're you're now gonna enter your your freshman year of college college and so that means your freshman sophomore year junior year of
0: high school you've experienced like you've been through a lot of trauma trauma like let's be honest this is trauma you've been through a lot of trauma and you know we expect you to just kind of get over it. I mean, well, <laughs> you, you can't get over trauma like
1: that. No, and and, and I think the, uh, the unjust part of this is all, is that this is not acknowledged by a lot of professionals, uh, not by a lot of our institutions. And so, I, again, thinking about this fall, I'm constantly thinking about, well, how are we going to acknowledge the realities of the, of the context in which these students are? And this is just localized, right? This is just within our country. It's not even talking about the international things that have occurred. And another part that, that constantly rings up in my head is all these mass shootings, too. I, the, oh,
0: uh, man, I think we, I think there in 2023, there have been over 300 mass shootings just in this year. That means more than one a day.
1: Now, I believe it. I believe it. I, uh, <laughs> Fourth of July weekend, there was like five or six across the country. But right. These are the same students, again, who had to live through. And if they're here with us, right, they survived COVID. Right. They 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 are, are the same students who had to acknowledge racism uh, pretty blatantly in their face um, in ways that other generations have not had to. This is the same group of students who have to acknowledge the political unrest that we are still grappling with, with this, well, a large population of people who want to see a civil war occur because...
0: Well, let's, let's rephrase that. Not a civil war, a race war.
1: Right, 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 right. Because... Be- <laughs> Because some of us are going to school and some, uh, you know, on top of the mass shootings that are occurring at, you know, elementary schools, malls, et cetera, et cetera. And and within that, you also have this large political uprising of this culture wars where you have people banning books, whitening curriculum, right? The latest ones in Florida where they said uh, slavery was beneficial to
0: African-Americans and, you know, people were calling it. The Supreme Court, you know, eliminating affirmative action policies, right? right? CRT bans and. And, uh, and just blatant attack on our LGBTQ communities, right? Yep. Just cut out. But you know, I remember just going to school. Just people. There was an old saying that says, "And I hate, and I hated that I don't remember who who said it, but you know, first they come for you, right, and then they come for me." And so, you know, it, it, it's it's culture wars that are happening, and they're still happening to this day. I mean, just look at you know our Supreme Court. They they eliminated the woman's right to choose as well. Right, 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 right. So
1: there is so much uncertainty occurring. There is so much of, uh, and not to be a downer, right, but there is a lot that I think we as professionals have to acknowledge that our students have experienced. And, and I, you know, for me personally, I'm just happy when they show up. Like my biggest goal right now and the best thing they could do to prepare themselves for this is to first acknowledge what has happened and acknowledge how this has impacted you. Right. You as a student, as a future student, right? what, ha- you know, dealing with this? And then two, if you're going to take that step to enroll in college and what's next is I'm happy you're there because there's a lot of people who aren't there with you, who couldn't be there with you because of these life changing, you know, global life changing
0: events that occurred. Yeah. And, the, and, and this, I'll remember, happened in the last three years and it's still happening today. So, you know, if you're if you're one of those students that's starting, you know, next week, next couple of weeks is when school starts again. Right. Fall fall 2023. Um, you know, you carry the you carry this baggage with you. Right. And when you open up your social media accounts, you see it. Right. When you pull up, you know, a news article, you see the next attack on uh, a school or the next attack on a law that's built to protect and help eliminate discrimination, eliminate racism. You see those types of laws now getting pulled off of the books. And which which can only mean, you know, a couple of things that laws are now being used as weapons against, you know, certain individuals, against certain groups of people. And 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 you live it right. You live it every day. And we want to be, the, you know, we want to be there and to tell you that we acknowledge that. And like Dr. Yu says, we're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're coming back and, and we're there to support you in any way we can.
1: Right. Right. And so I think for me, the, the biggest thing is you could do is first show up, right? Show up, reactivate that, retry, give it another shot, you know, show up. Is it
0: going to be the same as you remember four years ago? No, no. No, absolutely not.
1: And and that's another thing, right? So not just show up, but change your expectations of of what this possibly could mean and, and what this what this is. And I think right now we're at such a unique space where I think colleges are trying to figure out, professors are trying to figure out, students are trying to figure out. But this is the time when we are all trying to figure out where your voice could be most heard, where you can have the most input and say and what direction we go. And so not just show up. But show up, be present, and active in that decision making, and, and that could be as simple as you know sharing what worked for you to your professors, or you know, and what didn't work for what, you, right, right, and what didn't work for you. But in order to do that, you have to show up,
0: right. And, and you know that what I've noticed over the last couple of years as well it is that a lot of our spirit for learning has disappeared because the learning environment changed so much abruptly right everything went online everything went distant education and not all of us had the same resources we didn't have the microphones we didn't have the laptop high-speed internet access we didn't have the quiet space where I can turn on my camera and my professor can see me right or my high school teacher can see me we didn't have those kinds of environments and a lot of our kids you know if you're if you're in a one-bedroom apartment with you know a couple brothers and sisters sisters, you know, you can't turn on the camera. And be, you're still there and you're trying, but now, you know, those educators might feel like, you know, you're not present when you know deep down inside your heart, you're trying to be present as much as possible. So, you know, looking back on on all of the trauma that's happening, uh, Dr. Yu, how has all of this changed the way you teach in the classroom, in the college setting?
1: Yeah, for first and foremost, right, there was times I, I feel like I could and turn off my camera because I got kids running around and (laughs) I couldn't find a quiet space. So a part of me also disinvested from the process too, Mm -hmm. right? A part of me took a step back and tried to grapple with all these changes myself, right? As a person also who who lived through this. Uh, And I think I'm still trying to make sense of it myself. And I think one of the biggest things is recognizing that the world has changed, the student has changed, even the medium in which they learn has changed. So for me, it's been trying to incorporate I mean, hence this podcast, right? Various forms of technology into the classroom, really changing um, deliverables of what it does. What does constitute as learning, right? And and so, I think for me, that's different for me versus this this generation is having so much tools and access to create um, knowledge in new ways, right? To create to speak their truth in new ways, and and for me, it's been how. Could we use social media as a tool and not necessarily as a as a hindrance, right? I know people are flipping out by uh whatever the the chat the chat gp or G, whatever yeah go chat to,
0: gpt yeah. ai you know there's you're they're gonna write your papers now for you and professors won't know all, all the uh, you know with all technologies there's always the doomsday you right. know it's can
1: over we, can <laughs> i don't care right like, <laughs> you know i don't care because that's not where we're at in the
0: world right, right. ai ain't going away no let's just be honest just, just right? like you know just back like uber th- and lyft ain't going away you like know back
1: in the day like oh i had to certain, to spell certain words and like you know, pick up the dictionary sounded. I no that's what spell check is for now. Like that doesn't that's grammarly. Not, doesn't grammarly. Yeah, it's no longer <laughs> relevant. And so for me is how do I utilize the tools that they have, or how do they utilize the tools they have to inform how we teach? And this is for me is how do I learn from my students to be a better teacher? Because if I look to my elders, well then we're going to replicate what has been done before, and that might have worked at some point for some people but right now that's not where we're at and so I really try to use technology in a way because right the the, the how they learn how they disseminate information how they connect with each other is different and if, and if my job is to help you see yourself in different ways to expand your uh, ability to advocate for yourself, to help you become the best you that you can, then I need to lean
0: into your strengths, <laughs> right? Right. And I. I the, so would you say some of your assignments may include videos? Oh hell yeah, and audio. Yeah, and,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. We now create and, webs, and you
0: never did that before. No,
1: I used to sign papers and do tests like everyone else because that's how I was taught, right? And and I was taught that there was a certain uh, thing that you I needed. To accomplish if I was going to help you advance your career, then I needed to you know bust your ass essentially and, and train you up in the ways that I was trained.
0: And the days of you receiving a twenty-page research paper from every student—would right. you say that day's pretty much over? They're done. And <laughs> le-
1: unless this is what you're going to do, right? And if this is an environment that you you signed up for, and you're going to be a researcher. Then yeah, we could do that. But for my average student, especially in the introductory class, first-time, first-gen student, that's not where we're going Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to use the tools of the past to hold you back or say that you can't do this when the entire education game has changed itself right that's like me applying old school rules to a new game and saying well how well how you do is not not going to work that's irrelevant how i'm teaching you if i teach you the way i was taught that's irrelevant that's not going to help you advance in the ways
0: that you need to my job is to help uplift you not hold you back And even as as, even the modality that you teach in, right, I would I would imagine three or four years ago prior to COVID and the whole pandemic changing everything. Right. And all these different events happening prior to this, I would I think you were a traditional teacher. You taught in-person classes to 30 or 40 students in a classroom Mm -hmm. and just lectured. Mm hmm. Right. How has that changed?
1: Oh, I mean, almost half of my teaching assignments are online. We don't have connection anymore, you know. And so now it's up to me to use these short videos, you know, these short presentations, these various social media tools to disseminate information. And right. And to use them as also as tools for them to communicate with each other and uh, build community and network and and really utilize this now as an opportunity to learn.
0: So do you think colleges will ever go back to fully in-person teaching? No. No, huh? no, I don't either. I don't either. There's no way, right?
1: And and, and statistically, spe- well, and this goes back to the change that has happened, right? A lot of our students are the students who had to bear the brunt of COVID. They were the essential workers. Right? I got to stay home. I'm right. extremely privileged. I got to stay home for two and a half years mm-hmm. and, and teach in my chunk class that's right in my that's dress right.
0: up sweats that's right, right? waist down waist you're in da- shorts <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> waist up you might have a nice shirt on
1: right sometimes <laughs> sometimes I just show up all you know <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm I'm dealing with this too, but I, I think things have changed, right? And we have to acknowledge it. And I think for students to hold themselves to an expectation of something they never experienced or something they think that they have to be or what was is impossible. And the same things for the institutions. They have to adjust to the new student. And if they don't, they won't survive. Right. There was a lot of colleges that shut down during COVID because they did That's not, right. they didn't adjust, they didn't pivot, they didn't learn how to survive with the new student body. And so whether we like it or not, our students are the ones who took the brunt of COVID, right? They're the ones who had to work extra shifts because their parents got laid off or they got sick, right? They're the ones who were essential workers. So they were the ones filling Amazon orders. They were the ones doing all that work. And now they still have to work, not, you know, not including how much it costs to live now. So they're still working. They're still working extra shifts. They're still working on jobs. They're still doing all these various things just to survive.
0: That's right. And so like you were saying earlier, earlier in this podcast is your expectations as a as a student now, right, have to change because, you know, I, I've been looking at class schedules, helping people kind of figure out their what classes to take there. Every single class now has an online component where you like it or not, the days of in-person, just in-person by themselves are gone. There is an online component now to 100% of the classes. And what I was finding just looking at different class schedules from different community colleges and universities is that 40 to 50% of the classes being offered are fully online. Meaning you do not have to show up ever right. to the campus, right? You can do all of your business online, whether it's with admissions and records or financial aid or, you know, the days of just jam-packed parking lots <laughs> is, is pretty much over. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and so, you know, as students, right, that that means a lot. Why? Your tools are different now. Mm-hmm. Is if you have some kind of online component, you are now pretty much required, you know, if, you, if you're planning on surviving this college game now, you're pretty much required to have high-speed internet, mm-hmm. whether you can afford it or not. Some students, I see them taking classes at a Starbucks, hmm. Right. They park next to Starbucks. And they're, they're using the Wi-Fi there or another company or business locally because they might not have the resources. Right. To have the high speed wireless Internet, you know, in their home. I see a lot more students maybe on campus, but hanging out in the library doing work. Right. Because now they're using the wireless Internet that the campus provides because they might not have those resources at home. So, you know, those kinds of things have changed dramatically. Right laptops. Let's be honest, before you can get away with, you know, kind of desktop or even potentially your phone for a lot of things. Nowadays, I see just, you know, there's laptops literally everywhere now. And, and, and it was already starting to go that way. But now it's I see almost every single student that has the resources or even is able to borrow, in some cases, laptops, you know, from the college or something, um, having it. Because you really, really have to have those kinds of technological tools so that you can, you know, produce the work that the new college environment is and and requires.
1: And I think because it's such a new environment where there is no longer that face to face, I think communications can be an extremely important tool for students to use. And it's something that most adults don't have. But being able to communicate with your professor what's going on, hey, like this is happening, You, you know, it's easier to let someone know as it's happening versus down the road. Like, oh, I didn't do this because this happened like being able to communicate effectively and often is going to be a saving grace especially when there's no relationship or in-person type of you know communication so uh, being able to communicate your needs and also your faults up front and early is going to be very important as you're talking made me think about communication and
0: be key and understanding how your professor mm-hmm. communicates because mm-hmm. there's some professors that are resistant to the technology mm-hmm. changes so you as a student might be way ahead of that profession professor's capacity right right and at and you know like with with anything in college you have to adjust mm-hmm. to that professor's capacity so if that professor insists on email then you know believe it or not most of the younger crowds they don't like email at all no but <laughs> but it's also good to practice because that's the official communication of the
1: college is usually the official communication of your work and and, and you're going to get to a point where you want to keep your personal stuff separate from your work stuff so it's a good practice to start Start using those things. Just as, think of those future tools that will help you later to delineate your personal time versus your work time. Uh, Communication is going to be a big one, but also time. Because this is still a class, you still have to invest a certain level of
0: time. Um, and w- let me elaborate a little more on that. Is, is for example, if you're taking a three-unit class, mm-hmm. it's expected you put in say 56 hours of time towards those three units, and that doesn't include the additional time like connecting with the professors, communicating, you know, outside of class, those kinds of things. So it's really for a three unit class, which is the traditional size of a college level class, you're looking at, you know, maybe 70 to 80 hours of your time being dedicated to being successful in this class
1: right so um i think that's a, a misconception often you know, what's online therefore is just different and, and some aspects are a lot harder they're a lot harder to teach mm-hmm. <laughs> as a professional uh, and they're also a lot harder to take sometimes but since that is the avenue that which works for a lot of people you also have to invest a little bit of time to get the results you want and communicate your needs in that
0: process Yeah, So one of the major changes for for those of you out there that are starting college is is really understanding the differences of the modalities of the class. So Dr. Yu, can you tell me the difference between, say, if I sign up for an online class that's asynchronous Mm -hmm. versus synchronous, like what does that mean and and what do you teach most of?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, asynchronous class means the work is going to be all done on you. Usually that we'll never have a meeting time, we'll never have a time in which we'll touch Basis. But usually, how the professor does it is he'll set up due dates and kind of pace the course out as if it were a class that you showed up for. Uh, and so that's when your deadlines, your communications are being extremely important and fitting the class into your work schedule or life schedule will be important to you. When, okay, from this time this time, every day I'm going to dedicate an hour or two to this class, whether it be reading, assignments, blah, 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 blah. That's
0: an asynchronous class. So, so, so let me, let me throw my example out there mm-hmm. just in case, right? So if I sign. Up for an asynchronous class for the fall semester, which is about to start here in the Mm -hmm. next few weeks. That semester usually lasts 16 weeks. Correct. Right? So I can log in and log out of that class if it's asynchronous, basically whenever I want. Correct. Right. But if I think that I'm just going to do it all in the last week of the 16 weeks. <laughs> Absolutely horrible.
1: Idea. Horrible idea. Right. Because so, Yeah. You're cramming in what you would do normally in an hour and a half, two day a week course into one week. Right. It's a so there's so, a lot of information to process and assignments to do.
0: So I got to I got to be more responsible. Yes. Whenever I sign up for an asynchronous class, meaning I got to ensure that i'm logging in every week during doing three to six to eight hours of course class work every week so that by the time the 16 weeks are done i've committed those 50 60 70 hours that that course requires
1: it's funny because we we have a tool on the websites we use that show how how much time you've logged in (laughs) right (laughs) and so you can
0: see like oh this so i can't lie to you and say professor i logged in yesterday for five hours Nah,
1: because you know i seem like you did this for 60 weeks you've been here for eight minutes right like right. you can't even download all the articles in that amount of time so i think it's important to understand the difference in the async is beneficial for some people
0: right because if i if i log maybe i work right right and i gotta log in at 9 p.m when all i'm good. off good okay all good So then that's asynchronous. Basically, Mm -hmm. I can log in whenever I want. Just make sure you're responsibly putting in the time every week. Mm -hmm. Right. So then the difference between asynchronous is a synchronous online class. So what does that mean? So that usually means that we
1: meet once a week or there's a set meeting time. And that's usually that that will be on Zoom and we'll go over the course material or whatever once a week or um, for a set time, let's say from. Um, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. We'll meet every week. And for those three hours, we're going to do whatever we were supposed to do in that class. But that class also is fast paced because it's once a week. uh, The deadline is still maintained. You still got to invest a certain amount of time into the class and all your work will still be done online. So it's pretty much the same format. But instead, you have a once a week meeting where there is some type of FaceTime. You can ask general questions to me on the spot versus the async. If you don't get something you have to email that person right away and not wait until it's due Uh, versus the sync you know we can have that discussion uh, via zoom about whatever is is concerning you or whatever's coming up
0: so then let me give you an example so it's okay sync so if i sign up for a history class u.s history class that's synchronous Mm -hmm. that's online but synchronous Mm -hmm. and it says and it says on the class schedule it says tuesdays six to nine p.m. Mm -hmm. That means every Tuesday for those 16 weeks in the fall semester, I got I to gotta do we had to Zoom, mm-hmm. I would imagine, or, or some, mm-hmm. one of these other technologies, mm-hmm. right, that a, your campus is using. But for the most part around here, they use Zoom. Mm-hmm. So every Tuesday between 6 and 9, I got to be on Zoom just like all the other students Yep, just in like, that class. Just like you were it's in person. It's still online. Yep, I still don't have to show up to the physical classroom. Mm-hmm. But I better appear on that Zoom meeting yep. every Tuesday from six to nine. Now, I still have other work to do, mm-hmm. right? That's online, but at least there's like a check in. Yep. So that's the true difference between, say, in and this is a synchronous class. Correct. Online synchronous. And the other one was online Asyn- asynchronous. Got it. Got it. Makes a little sense. <laughs> Kind
1: of. I didn't know these words until the
0: pandemic. Yeah, I had no idea. Me neither. What it is, yeah. <laughs> Me neither. That was only three years ago. So so there's two types of online classes. So whenever you're signing up for a class as a, as a new college student, you got to make sure you're signing up for what you're intending to sign up.
1: Yes, yes. I've had people say, oh, I thought we didn't have to meet. I was like, no, this is the sync part. Or, oh, I thought we were going to meet. No, this is the async part. And right. and, and I'll, I'll let you know right now, the async classes fill up fastest because those mm. are the most popular. Popular classes right now because when I can
0: log in at any time, right? Those are the most popular classes. And then they and, and then those, those when, when I have to sh- show up on Zoom, those are probably the second most popular. Yep, and and
1: and I will say the async classes students pass at a higher rate. Really? Uh, yeah, because they're doing it at their pace, at their time, and so yeah. they're signing up faster. As long
0: as they're doing the work.
1: As long as they're doing the work, for the most part, it's the students who are coming back in person or taking the sync classes that are still figuring it out. Of like oh how do I do this be a college student again right. versus the async they got they got folks got that pretty down pretty
0: good right now because of uh, the last couple of years and, and you just mentioned the in person there are still in person classes Correct. at all colleges yes. now they're back they're yep. back you know they came back a little less than a year ago mm-hmm. right after a couple years of COVID of mm-hmm. fully online now they're slowly coming back mm-hmm. but you know like we said less than fifty percent of the classes offered are in. person Person where you're showing up, you know, physically like you used to years ago, right? You mm-hmm. walk into a classroom, say hi to everybody, you know, kind of pick a seat, sit down, that kind of stuff. So those classes are back. But the major difference in those in-person classes is that you still submit almost all of your work online. Correct. So I,
1: Everything I do is still online, even in-person classes. I, everything I see, even after I'm done lecturing, I throw up my slides
0: online. Like, it's just, it's where it's at. So you expect the student to then go back online to review mm-hmm. the lectures, see the, the PowerPoints you were using or whatever technologies you're putting up their videos, that kind of thing. Correct. And then submit their work online. Yep. You don't want, you know, you don't want uh, to to people to kill more trees, you know, paper, paper, paper. That day is pretty much gone for you. Yep. Wow. 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 That's you're saving a lot of trees there, I'm man. I'm trying. I'm trying. Because <laughs> we need it. The way that we, the yeah, earth is yeah, warming up yeah. so fast. We need it. Or, or I'll lose them. Right. Or I'll lose them. <laughs> so so there's still an online component. So as a student, you have to really learn about all of the different online tools that your campus uses. Right. Correct. So like where we're from, you know, the Los Rios district, they used Canvas. Right. And, we,
1: and, and that brings me to another point utilize the resources on campus um you know i'm i'm a newbie to technology like i i'm doing i'm learning as you learn as most of them i i this by was, force because right, of COVID. This, is a, this is a hard transition for me so if there's a technical difficulty there's something that's not working out the school has resources they have people who are paid to do this right so use those numbers read everything through and through on the syllabus and find out where you can borrow a laptop find out if you can get a, a wireless router for your house the school will loan you find out who could help you with all those technical glitches of how to convert videos and do random stuff on canvas or zoom because i won't know how to do it and most of your professors won't either
0: that's right. No, no. Let's, let's be brutally honest here. Most of our professors, mm-hmm. you know, the students would know way more technology. Way
1: more. I asked them for help. Prof-
0: yeah, me too. I've had to ask a couple of ah, students no shame, what You know me. I, I
1: don't know what I don't know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so as, as we prepare to enter the fall 2023 semester, right, it, out here in Northern California, Los Rios Community College District, they're starting on Saturday, August 19th. Now, at, are you that type of professor that posts some things on your canvas prior to that date? Or do you start on that date and and, you know, that's the trigger that. Sometimes that, a couple of days after. No, <laughs> no, no <laughs> I'll, I'll have some information before i uh, to let them know, you
1: know, read this, read that on this date. I'll finish the rest of the stuff. But again, like like them, I'm figuring it out, too. So uh, as they navigate what it means to be back in person or online or to be back in school, I'm having to learn, well, what does it mean to be a professional again? Also, what does it mean to administer online classes? This is all new for me also. So I think a big part of it is I try to show students grace and and kind of be patient and and where they're at. And I think students should also come into this expecting a level of patience as we all figure this out. That's right. So
0: what did you learn today? You learned that what? We all have. Have a lot of trauma we're carrying from the last three years mm-hmm. of hell, right. right? That the world has been through and is currently going through. When you start your classes coming back to college, it is different. Yep, right. You need to change that expectation. Technology, right, is what you know, change the world, right? Being able to just survive COVID completely change how colleges function, Mm -hmm. right? That in and of itself means that the systems might have a lot of hiccups because it's still changing. It's not perfect. Don't expect the colleges to be able to respond quickly. Don't expect your financial aid to be in order because before you would go stand in a line. Now it's tech, which there's always glitches, right? There's always changes and new, new, new features that are coming out, new things that people are trying. Each professor gets to teach that their classes the way they feel will have the most impact. So in your classes, they're going to get a little dose of um, Doctor U style using technology. When in another class, it might be different, mm-hmm. right? That you still, they still, the professors may still be using, like say the Canvas learning mm-hmm. platform, but the way they expect their work to be submitted, the way they expect you to communicate with them may be completely different. So, mm-hmm. you know, as new college students or even returning college students, right, our lesson to you today is come in with that attitude that, you know, things may be different now or things are different. Yeah, say the, that. The things They're are different. different. And adjustment, right? Being able to adjust, being able to change the way your expectations are of An institution is what's really going to help you to survive in this new age, Mm -hmm. right? Of really coming back to an institution. And I would not expect to be fully in person ever again. And, and and it's not because it's bad things. It's because it's good things. We become more efficient using technology. You know, our students are learning so much more. They can do so much more using technology nowadays. So it's really a positive thing that you have to be looking at and you have to be ready to adjust as we train you how to be professionals in this new world. Correct. So, Dr. you thank you very much for the knowledge. Thank you very much for really coming in and just sharing with us what a uh, some of the things you see as a professor, you know, one of the largest institutions of higher education in California, and and really preparing our students for this new age, right, of learning. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. For more helpful tips like this, to find the quickest and most affordable way possible to get your degree, go to the App Store and download the Free TechO Guide app.